Erev Tov, everyone. Welcome to Harka Ot Kolot. I'm Daniel Levine. And I'm Perry Burbrager. Today's special guest is longtime Sevet member David Jaffe. For his Harka'ah, he will be telling three stories. So lay down, close your eyes, and enjoy. tell uh stories about my my childhood um i had a best friend in elementary school growing up in the middle of nowhere georgia um like kids there would say like y'all hush and listen to the teacher right like nowhere like i, I was like <laughs> like the one jew that ever met right <laughs> um so my good friend jack i would say his last name i usually do because it sounds hilarious but you know you might google him or something um and so jack uh I, I would like go to his house all the time we and and I, I would you know we were like it's pretty southern and so I just you know like it might slip out during the story but Jack um he uh he was a little squirrely kind of um mischievous creature and we would spend all the time in his house I mean I I like lived in his house you know that like that close of a friend and Jack and I did everything I mean, he lived uh, he had a huge house that his grandfather made and it was on this huge property like and they had a barn and horses and like hay loft and everything i would go up and like push hay down on his sister and stuff it was great um and it, they would they, they like half their property became like a public school like they, it was just like this big fun place to run around and i'd like been there like I'd been all over his house, like the places that you don't go in your own house. Like we played hide and seek in his unfinished basement. That's creepy, right? Like I did it, I wouldn't do that in my own house, but like I did it in his, you know? And like, I'd been in his parents' room, which is like totally off limits in most people's homes, right? Like I, that's like weird. We'd like, you know, go and set traps in his sister's room and you know, all the like normal stuff, right? Like, and we we just like, I spent so much time there. And, and his, I was like part of the family and like his parents, like, you know, like, trusted us like at least me i don't know why they trusted jack but he uh, he they, they like raised dogs they like breeds of dogs they had tons of cats like cat their garage was filled with like bags like like bigger than costco sides like bags of like cat food and stuff and it, it was great it was great it was like my second home and um one time they left us alone it must have been like i was in fourth or fifth grade and and we were there and, I, and you know, kids get bored and I was looking around and like, what do you want to do? He didn't know. He said, what do I want to do? I, I don't know. And, and I, was, I was saying, you know, Jack, I, I've been everywhere in your house. I mean, I've, I've been into the basement. I know my way around there, like the back of my hand. I've been into your sister's room, the parents' room, who does that? I'm like, like, there's one place I haven't been. It's like, what, what, what do you mean? You've been everywhere. I'm like, no, no, no. I've never been into your attic. I've never been up to your attic. Like I, I remember my dad, like he would he would take me into the attic, like when like we need to restart the pilot light and like the furnace or something. And like, uh, but like that's a cool place. I've never been there. Let's do that. He's like, okay, let's do it. Home alone, great idea for fourth graders. All right, let's do it. All right. So I go and I I actually knew where that ladder thing you pull down and then like you can pull down. You know, it's like the piece of wood that comes down. It's like in the three feet on lake side, right? And then like the ladder comes down and you can like get up there. Um, so I ran, I jumped and I grabbed the rope and I started pulling it halfway down. And we were like small, uh, skinny little kids. You know? <laughs> he's like, no, 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 don't do that. I'm like, what? why not? You just said we could go up there. And he's like, no, no, no. 
you see, I can't put that back and I'm not allowed to go into the attic. So if my dad finds out, we're in big trouble. His dad was a big, scary man <laughs> who had a temper. You could hear him like from the house when he's in the barn kind of thing. Like he, he was a he was a big guy and okay, we don't want to get in trouble. So I like let go of the rope, it goes back up. And he says, uh, I look at him, I'm like, Jack, how, how are we supposed to get into the attic? You know, he's like, I know another way. So we go into the garage. Now his grandfather literally built this house. Like he built the whole thing at, like with from scratch. And apparently he got lazy when he went into the um, garage. And you know, you have like a two car garage and then like a side room where you can put like lawnmowers and such and all that stuff. And it's like just a doorway, but no door frame. No, no doors, no, it's just like a hole in the wall that leads out to this other room. And when you go and look at that doorway and you look, you can see that the way homes are built is like on the inside, you know, your house, you have a drywall, which is like one layer. And then there's like a wooden frame that like, it's like two by fours going up. And then every once in a while, like between two by two, two by fours, there's like a piece of wood that keeps it from wobbling. And then there's like a little bit of space and then like your brick facade, right? And then usually installation in there. Well, you could look down the entire length of his house between like the, the facade, the bricks on the outside and like this wooden framework holding the house up. And we were skinny and little and we slid in between the walls of his house and climbed up those wooden supports like a ladder until we got into this roof, <laughs> into the ceiling, into the attic. And it was so cool. I'd like never done that before. I'm like, this is fun, like, great. And, and if you don't know, like in, in like people's homes, your walls stop at the ceiling. So when you get to above that, you can just see all the way from one end to the other. Like I went up and I was in the, in the we went up through the garage. So I'm standing like up there in the garage and you can see all the way down to like where his sister's room. And then in the other corner of the house, it's like his room. And all the way down to the other end is like where his parents' room would be. And it's great, it's so cool. And like, and we're walking around, walking around. And I remembered, I was somewhere like over the kitchen. And I, I remembered like then that when I went into the attic with my dad, God bless him, he said like, you can only step on certain parts, but not on other parts. And I was like, I was pretty sure you shouldn't step on like the pink insulation stuff and you can only walk on the wood. But I like, I, I wanted to like make sure I said, Jack, what are we supposed to step on? He said, great question, only step on the wood. And literally at that moment, I heard a thud. And I looked around and I looked down to where Jack's sister's room and I didn't see Jack. And I looked down to where his room, I didn't see Jack. I looked down to his parents' room, I couldn't see Jack. And I turned back to where the garage is and I see light coming up from the floor which is not good because it's dark up there because there are no lights and Jack had slipped and fallen through the ceiling uh, into the garage, which is dangerous because that's like, there's not um, a lot of concrete there. Uh, there is a lot of concrete and not much else. And I ran over and I looked down and he is, fell right on his back onto a giant bag of cat food, thank God. And I looked at him, I said, Jack, are you okay? He's like, yeah, but I'm not gonna be when my dad gets home. 
I'm like, you're right. <laughs> we are in so much trouble. <laughs> and so, you know, being the young engineers we were, we went and got chopsticks and scotch tape and tried to put this giant piece of like ceiling back up, which didn't work. So we went to plan B. We we got a cat and threw it in the garage and like locked him in there. So like, the cat did it, you know, like uh, that's that's what happened. And then I did probably one of the most cowardice things ever that parents always tell you when you're at a friend's house, they say, if you ever want, if anything happens, you can always call us and we'll pick you up. So I'm like, Jack, go hide. I'm calling my parents, I'm getting out of here. And I left, my, I, it wasn't my finest moment, um, but we both, we, we both got in trouble um, later. It didn't save me, it didn't save him, but um, that's, that's, that's what happened. That was that time with Jack and, and um, my adventure in the attic. That was um, story one. That was probably only like two minutes, right? Okay, great. <laughs> They're so good that you guys are being, oh, your, your thumbs up. Okay, you muted yourselves. Everyone's so quiet. This is the most polite Harga group I've ever had. You guys are, oh, thank you. Thank you for the hands, um, I, I like to, that's like a fun, when I give Harga, I like to like give like an exciting one and then like bring it down because most Madrilene want to, you know, um, be able to leave afterwards and hang out with their friends and their kids be asleep as opposed to you wild them up and then like hey good luck <laughs> see you at the see you at uh, you know the seventh lounge in an hour and a half once you get them like I'm also passing out energy drinks like here you go kids like that's not the way to do a hard uh, in my humble opinion so um, another story that I'd like to say which is um, this uh, it's, it's, it's a simple nice one um, that there's a uh, there's a father and son and like the family, they go um, every summer to the beach and they, they have a beach house that they rent and they, uh, the son and the father have this tradition where they wake up in the morning and they go to the beach to watch the sunrise. And it's gorgeous, like every day, like for like the two weeks that they're there in the summer and they just sit there on the sand dune and they watch the sun comes up. It's miraculous, it's great. And then, and then they go home and eat breakfast and then like they go out and do their uh, summery stuff. So um, one day they go out, it's towards the end of the summer and they're sitting there on the beach. And as the sun comes up, they see something like on the beach. And as it comes up and it becomes more clear, like they see that the beach is covered with like beautiful, beautiful starfish covering the beach, like thousands of starfish. And they, they can see like all the way down the coast to one side and it's just like covered with them. And they look over to the other side and it's just covered. And it's like, it's, it's magnificent. They've never seen anything like this. And as the sun comes up and it's getting higher and higher, they realize, oh, this isn't good because these, these beautiful starfish, they're all gonna like get baked in the sun because the tide went out without them. And it's like, it's not good. <laughs> it's, it's really sad, but like there's literally thousands of them. Like, like you, you can't walk and miss them. And they see like a figure coming way, way down from the side and, and it's moving slowly. It's someone like out for a morning walk on the beach and um, it's going really slowly. It's, and it's, it, it turns out it's an old man and he's walking and he stops he's walking and he stops for, for a long time until like he finally gets close and they see that he's walking he takes like three or four steps and he stops and he bends down he picks up a starfish and he chucks it into the ocean 
And he takes like two, three more steps. He bends down, picks up a starfish and chucks it into the ocean. And he's just doing this. Like he's throwing like one starfish every like minute or so. It's like, there's still thousands of them on the beach. And they finally gets in front of like the boy and the father. And they say, what are you, what are you doing? He's like, I'm throwing a starfish back into the ocean. He said, but it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't make a difference. It can't make a difference. Look at all these thousands. You're not going to save them all. And he picks up a starfish and he throws it into the ocean. And he looks at him and says, it matters to that one. And that is powerful. And he keeps going. He keeps walking. And every once in a while, he just throws another one. And he taught that father and that son a lesson that our actions make a difference. Even if you're not going to change the world and everything, but just like a smile to a person, you, it, it makes a difference. Our little actions make a, a big difference. When you see someone like, you know, let's, uh, at, at, at the Hadar Hotel and they look sad and you just talk to them for a minute or say hi, that's great. That's great. That could, you have no idea what that, that could be giving him life, like a starfish. You have no idea what you're capable of doing with like one small little action. It, it matters. It does matter. It may not make the, make the biggest difference in the whole world, but it does make a difference. One more. Yeah, another story. Okay, great. Um, I was debating between um, two, two stories that I love to tell. Um, I think I'm going to do the minor one. There was a uh, give me a number of like minutes, Dan or Harry. Okay, cool. I'm just going to go. Perfect. Perfect. 10. Okay. So this story is about a miner, uh, not like a young person, but a man whose job it is to go into a ca into a cave in a in a uh, in a mountain, and and it was, it was a long time ago, like way way back in the day. He, it, it was his family's cave, right? It, it was in a forest. It was there was a secret path because you don't want other people to know where your cave is into the into the mountain. And he would take a pickaxe and a bucket, and every day he would go through his secret path, go in there and he would just take his pickaxe and there was like a cavern down, deep down into this mountain that looks gray on the outside and it was just littered with jewels. Like it had rubies and sapphires, and topaz. It was, it was just glorious and diamonds, every, everything you'd want in there. And he'd had a, bu a bucket and he would carefully every day just go tink, 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 tink until like cracks off one beautiful gem and he puts it in his bucket. And he'd do this over and over and over again, obviously, until his bucket got filled. And when it got filled, he would take it to the market and sell them to provide food for his family for the entire year. So one day, finally, his bucket got filled. And he takes it and he goes out into the forest and he's going through the forest to get to the city. And he's going, it's, it's hard work being a miner. He's like a little hunched over, rocks are heavy, you know? And he's walking down this road and he doesn't have a horse. He's like, he's, he's poor even though he has this cave. And he hears a horse coming behind him and he quickly jumps off the road and comes by him as a prince. And like, I mean, this guy looks great. He's got like velvet vest on, he's got a sword, he's on a white horse. I mean, this guy is like the dude, he looks up at him like horses are like are tall. I mean, the guy's like six feet, he's like, he has to look up at him. He's like, man, that guy is powerful. I wish I was a prince. Boom. All of a sudden he's a prince. 
I mean, he, he's on a white horse. He's got like a velvet vest, a sword. It's cool. It's sharp. He's like, whoa, this is awesome. He's like, he's riding a horse. He's like going into town. It's awesome. He finally gets into town and people are like looking up at him and saying, oh my gosh, the prince is here. That's unbelievable. And like, they're moving out of his way. It's great. It's great. And he finally gets to the center of the town where the castle is, the keep, right? This is where the king lives. And he gets there and there are other princes on horses and stuff. And there's a row, two rows of trumpeters right before you get to the big opening of the castle. And the doors swing open and the trumpets start blasting and all of the princes get off their horses and they kneel down and the king comes out. And the man says, wow, I thought I was powerful. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a prince, I have a sword, I have like a horse and everything, but all of us princes have to bow down to the king. That king, now he is powerful. He says, I wish I was the king, boom. Magically, he's the king. Oh my goodness, it's the greatest day ever, right? I mean, he's got a crown with jewels on it, right? He's got like this beautiful cape. It's like with furs and stuff. And, and like people bow down as he walks. They don't get out of the way. I mean, they like grovel at his feet. He's got a carriage. It's great. He has parades. Everyone loves it. And it's summertime, which means, hey, vacation. So he gets into his carriage and he's gonna go to his like estate in the countryside. And he's riding in his carriage and it's like, it's great. He's, the windows are down and he sees his whole kingdom that he rules. He gets to make all the decisions and, and it's the summer and it gets hot. And he's like starting to like sweat. I mean, it's a, it's a black carriage and it's, it's getting kind of toasty. The windows are down and he, has, he takes off his helmet. He's like sweating and, and there's like big furry like cape and he takes it off and he, he looks out the window and like the sun is just blasting down on him. He's like, man, I rule this place. People bow down to me. I'm, I'm the, I run this kingdom and I'm the most powerful person I know. But the sun, now the sun, sun's more powerful than the king. He says, you know what? I wish I was the sun. Boom, all of a sudden he's the sun. Oh my goodness, it's great. He's, he, he's going around, he's, he's making kings sweat, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. He's providing life for the earth. He's going over fields and giving sunshine to trees and plants and they grow and they bring food out. I mean, it's unbelievable. He sees everything, he's, everyone's so happy when he's around. Oh, look, the sun, oh, it's warm. Loves it, oh, being the sun's great. He loves it, he's going about his business, just making the world be awesome. And he's over this field and he's like, I'm sun shining down on this field. Everything's going great. And then these big, thick, rolling clouds roll in over the field. He's like, wait, wait, wait what's going on? And he's shining, shining, shining. He can't, he can't get through. He's like, what, what? I'm the sun, excuse me. I, I make King sweat. I bring life to like all the plant life on earth. <clears throat> this, this doesn't make sense. What's going on? This, I'm the most powerful thing I knew, but, but these clouds, these clouds are more powerful than me. You know what? I wish I were the clouds. Boom, all of a sudden these clouds. Oh my goodness, it's great. It's so good. He's like, you know, he's going around. He brings water to all the fields. Things can't grow without water. He's ringing on King's parades. Oh my gosh, just ruining everything. He's, he's on top of the world. He blocks out the sun. He's fast too. I mean, he goes 
boom, boom, here to there. And he like, he makes different shapes for kids to look at the Sakai and like, oh, that one looks like a plane, you know, but they didn't know what that was back then. So he's going around doing all of this stuff. He loves it. And he's like, all right, you know what? I'm going to go on a world tour. I'm so awesome and fast. I'll do it in like, you know, an hour. And he starts going across the sky and he's flying, flying, flying. He loves it. And then he hits something like hard and big and gray. And, and he looks up and it keeps going. He's like, I can't, I can't go any higher. And he looks down all the way to the right. It's a mountain. There's a mountain in his way. He can't, he can't go through it. It's too high. He doesn't have the lift. And, and it would take him forever. It goes on forever to the right and forever to the left. And he's like, man, I'm a cloud. I mean, I, I rain on King's parades. I drown ants. I don't know. Like I, I do whatever I want. And, and I block out the sun and I can't get through a mountain. I thought I was powerful. You know who's more powerful than me? This mountain. I wish I was the mountain. Boom. Oh. All of a sudden, he's the mountain. It's great. It's great. He's so high. He can see everything on earth. He's higher than everything else. He splits like entire climates. He's got a desert on one side and a forest on the other side of him. It's awesome. He's, he's stopping clouds in their tracks. He's got the most beautiful cavern ever of jewels hidden deep, deep inside of him that he loves and cherishes. And he's so powerful. He stops people and armies from going. But then, Every once in a while, he hears a tink, 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 tink. And there's a man inside his cavern taking his most precious, valuable jewels and gems, rubies, sapphires, diamonds, emeralds, and he can't do anything to stop him. He says, man, I thought I was so powerful. Turns out this little miner is more powerful than, than me. He says, you know what? I wish I was a miner. Boom. All of a sudden, the miner's back to being himself in the cave, taking his tricks. You know what he realized? Everyone has all the power they need within themselves that Hashem, God, gave them. And they have all the power they need to be happy, to be satisfied, and do a great job of being who they are. Sleep well. Good night. Toda Rabad, David, Lila Tove, everyone.